What's going on, Spurs fans? I'm Ethan Quintero with SSPN. Jude isn't here with me. He's going to do his season preview separately. We're going to record them and then splice them together and actually post it to YouTube. But this is just my season preview slash prediction video. Going to try and keep it as short as we can. Um, just go over the major points. The first one being, to me, I think this is going to be Pop's last season. I know we've been saying that for a couple years now. Uh, but he's getting up there in age, and he's already finished his Olympic gold medal run. And it would just be like Pop to just finish out his contract with the Spurs and quietly, without fanfare, walk into the sunset, go over the hill, and just kind of disappear. I'm sure he'll still be involved, probably like front office stuff, and just kind of hang out at the practice facility and whatnot. But to me, this has to be his last year um, for the Spurs to move on. It's a perfect you know, ending to an otherwise perfect career, you know, five-time champion, the winningest coach of all time. He has nothing left to prove. Um, so obviously we're not going to win the championship this year. So to me, his main goal as a coach is going to be to teach our young guys, predominantly our, you know, 19-year-olds um, who haven't been here as long as some of the other dudes, and just kind of, you know, enforce the Spurs mantra. Um, try and teach, you know, give everybody a, a good base structure um, for San Antonio Spurs basketball. That way, when he does decide to move on and the new coach comes in, whoever that might be, they don't have to start from ground zero. All of our players will be, you know, set as far as what their roles are, you know, what their potential is, and, you know, how to play basketball the right way within the Spurs system and within the Spurs culture. Um, with that being said, I don't think we're going to be very good this year. My record prediction is going to be 22-60. and 60. Um, That might seem low to some of us, but really this is not a great roster. It's very young. We don't know who's going to kind of step up and be that next go-to you know, scorer, that, that franchise player, if you will. DeJounte Murray is gone. He was the reason we won a lot of our games last year. He was basically averaging a triple-double and willing us to some of those wins. We don't have him. How will we play this year is still to be seen. Um, with that being said, I believe our rotation, our starting five, will be Trey Jones, Devin Vassell, Keldon Johnson, Keita Bates-Diop, and Jakob Pertl. I know a lot of you will probably turn your nose up to Keita Bates-Diop as that starting four. This is not what I want. This is just what I assume will happen because Pop loves Keita Bates-Diop. We rolled him out there at the starting four position the first couple of preseason games. He's not going to get in anybody's way. He's not going to wow us with anything. He's just going to be in the right place at the right time, play quality defense, and hopefully knock down some threes. I know he had one game where he went 4-4 four four this preseason. Otherwise, he was pretty bad from three-point range. Um, but we will see. Luckily, we're pretty deep now at the four position, which is a, a definite change from past seasons. But I think we'll run a 10-man rotation, and the bench unit will be Josh Primo at that point guard, Josh Richardson, Doug McDermott, Isaiah Roby, and Zach Collins. Now, I don't know if Zach Collins has recovered from his injury. I know he got hurt the, la the second-to-last preseason game. If he's not going to be playing, I think we'll switch Isaiah Roby to the backup five and give Jeremy Sohan some minutes. Jeremy Sohan is the only rookie that I would look at getting minutes to early on in the season. Uh, because he plays power four, because he's so defensively versatile, and Pop played him a considerable amount of minutes with some of our more um, rotational players in the preseason, more so than guys like um, Blake Wesley and uh, Malachi Branham. 
But again, that's that's still to be seen. Pop did allude to some of the the rookies getting more minutes more quickly, so hopefully that is the case. I I for one would love to see Jeremy Sohan get more minutes so he can get used to being on an NBA floor, get used to guarding some of these more versatile wings and bigs. Um, and defense is going to be a struggle this year. It's been a struggle in the past, especially with guys like on the Memphis Grizzlies. I'm thinking of Jaron Jackson Jr. I'm thinking of Anthony Davis. Um, you, you guys know who I'm talking about. Aaron Gordon, Jeremy Grant. I know these, those aren't big names, but they're guys that have given us issues in the past that I think he can help out with. And we saw him play some three as well. So if any rookies get meaningful minutes early on, I do think it would be Jeremy Sohan, especially if Zach Collins is not ready to go at the start of the season. With that being said, breakout scores, breakout seasons for guys like Devin Vassell and Kelvin Johnson are to be expected. DeJounte Murray, DeMar DeRozan, Patty Mills, none of those veterans are in their way anymore. There is no excuse for them not to be our go-to scorers. I think Devin Vassell will average somewhere 17 points, five rebounds, four assists. I think that's fair on efficient scoring. He'll finally be able to show off his bag, get to that mid-range. He's shown us um, some improved ball handling skills, some improved aggressiveness. Obviously, he's been in the weight room, so he'll be looking to get to the cup, um, which is something exciting that he hasn't really had that element to his game in past seasons. He's been kind of pushed into the corner, been an off-ball shooter. Now he will actually have the ball in his hands. And then Keldon Johnson, of course, took a big leap last year. I think he was averaging 17 points per game for us last year next to DeJounte. I would like to see him take another leap to around the 20 points per game mark, seven rebounds, probably three assists a game. He's not much of a passer, but he did lose 20 pounds. He's looking to play the three this year as opposed to the four. I'm sure that will open up his game. We saw that dribble handoff game able to pull up from three-point range was very consistent during the preseason. I would look for that to continue as well as his off-ball movement from last year to continue and to cross over into this season. My biggest concern with Keldon is whether or not he worked on his ball handling. I think that he did. I'm looking forward to seeing some improved game as far as, you know, creating his own shot, creating shots for others, especially in that mid range area. If he's able to do that as well as continue to finish consistently at the rim, despite losing 20 pounds, I think he'll have a great season probably in that most improved player um, candidacy this season like like DeJounte was last year. But the big question is going to be who's our third option? Will it be Jakob Pertle? We saw him hit a mid-range jumper. Perhaps he's looking to be more of an aggressive scorer in the low block. That's something that I would like to see because that would only boost his trade value as well as help us win games, um, which I know we're not really trying to win games, but as a Spurs fan, it's kind of hard not to want to win games. But we'll talk about that you know as we continue down the season. Or could it be Josh Primo? We saw him struggle early in the preseason, but he finished strong with, I believe, an 18-point night, something like that. Um, if he gets going, if he gets aggressive and is able to get his jump shot to fall with more consistency, I think that he could be a great six-man option, similar to Manu Ginobili, how he came in after about four or five minutes into the first quarter, fresh legs, and be explosive and dynamic for us. That is what we all want to see. We want Josh to take that next step. We know he has the confidence. It's just about getting his consistency um, consistent. Um, trade deadline expectations. To me, I think Jakob Pertl, Doug McDermott, Josh Richardson are all viable options to be traded at the deadline. I don't know if all three will be traded. Um, I think Jakob probably has the most trade value, so he will be the one to keep an eye on, especially if his numbers get boosted um, as that third go-to scoring option potentially that we'd like to see this season. 
Um, but definitely no moves to be made until the All-Star break for sure. And then at that point, I think rookies will actually start to get some playing time if those trades go through. I'm talking about Malachi Branham and, of course, Blake Wesley, who showed some some glimpses. Blake Wesley more so in the summer league. He kind of struggled a little bit more, especially with decision-making, um, controlling the ball, making making good decisions at that point guard spot. He struggled with that in the preseason that will come with time. You know, all of our bull handlers have struggled with that. Tony Parker, DeJounte Murray, um, they've all had those issues, so I'm not worried about that. He'll get his reps in in the G League in that first half of the season. Malachi Branham, I think, could have a more immediate impact, but because he was more of a late pick, I'm sure he will be in the G League. And because we kind of have a lot of wing players, there's not really that much room for him on this roster until we make a trade with Josh Richardson or Doug McDermott, whatever it may be but I think he can be a very helpful piece. He showed me in the preseason that he's a more capable spot-up shooter than I gave him credit for, and his confidence is through the roof. He's able to find his spots and score with ease. End goal for the season overall, clearly we're trying to get a lottery pick. We want the Victor Wembenyama train in San Antonio. We've had a great history drafting both foreign players as well as bigs. David Robinson, Tim Duncan, Manu Ginobili, Tony Parker, the list goes on and on. I think it would be a great headline for the Spurs to land Victor Wimbanyama, but Scoot Henderson is not a bad consolation prize either. Either way, we will be happy. But the biggest goal for me is to teach all of our young players the proper way to play basketball, find their confidence, boost everybody's confidence, and really start playing Spurs basketball with the ball moving without being stopped by one predominant ball handler or scorer. That is the most exciting thing. And to see constant improvement too. Um, especially amongst our rookies like like Malachi Branham, Jeremy Sohan. And, I, you know, I don't like to count Josh Primo as a rookie, but he basically is. He's 19 years old. He's still, you know. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. He could still be considered a rookie. So improvement with him as well um, will be the biggest thing, you know, at the end of this season. Where does everybody end up? With that being said, that is my season preview. Those are my predictions. Drop a comment below if you have any questions or you disagree with me or agree with me. Either way, we are glad to see some comments below. We love reading everybody's words. Um, as always, like, subscribe, hit the like button. I already said that. You know what I'm saying. I don't know if Jude went before me or after me. Either way, this is SSPN. I'm Ethan Quatero. Thanks for watching, and you guys have a good one. Go Spurs, go. What's up, guys? Welcome into SSPN Season Preview on the San Antonio Spurs. You probably just heard from Ethan, and now it's my turn to just kind of talk about where we think the silver and black are going to go this year. And let's just start right off the top, kind of with how Ethan opened this up. This is probably Pop's last season. You know, like he said, we've been saying this for a couple years now, but it, it really just seems like this would be super fitting, not only in whenever it comes to his preseason comments, um, but just the fact that it's the last year of his contract, like that would be the most pop thing ever. We've said this before on the show. I'll say it again here. Um, you know, him walking out at, when his contract's up, you know, at the end of 2023, when we signed the other one, we were like, oh, he's not going to make it all the way. Here he is. 
He's going to coach out this last season. And like he said in the preseason media availability, he's just going to try to develop these players as much as possible, right? All these young guys, you know, so many guys sub 23, 22 years old. Um, and, and that kind of leads right into my prediction, which is the Spurs being in the bottom three teams of the league. So, you know, just the, the three bottom teams of the league, whether it's the East or West, um, I think the Spurs are going to be one of those three teams. And if they want to get their goal uh, at the end of the year, when it comes to just in all objectiveness this year, getting that prized number one pick in the 2020 three draft of Victor Wembanyama, 18 year old Frenchman uh, playing for Metropolis 92 or whatever, whatever the team's name is, um, you know, go lot, watch the G league highlights uh, when they played the G league ignite and scoot Henderson, somebody else who's a super talented player. Uh, if you know, the lottery can be the lottery. Sometimes it's, it's complete luck. It's all odds. Um, and you know, the Spurs want to get the top three odds that they can to kind of make it where they're in that mix for the number one pick, or at least, you know, having the most significant amount of chances to, to get the, the number one pick, because after that, it, it kind of starts to drop off. Um, but like I said, Scoot Henderson, not a bad consolation prize at all. Uh, definitely a potential future star. Um, and I really like Eamon Thompson. I don't know if he pronounces his name differently, his first one uh, or his first name, whether it's Amon or Eamon. Um, but I'm just going to go for the sake of this video. Eamon Thompson out of the G League Ignite. Uh, 6'7", versatile guard, can play the one through three. Um, I know the Spurs don't want more guards, but uh, you know, as Brian Wright said, they're not in a position... Uh, where they can afford to not take best player available. So uh, hopefully they get one of those three out of the year. Obviously, you want the big one, just like Timmy D. Uh, if we could somehow win that prize, that would just be great. Not only for just the team's sake and winning, but just for the franchise, how much revenue he's estimated to bring in. I remember seeing a tweet or an article or a headline, something like that. So I didn't dive too deep into it, uh, but it was along the lines of Victor Wembignana could bring in like anywhere like immediately of like 500 million could add 500 million to a team's net worth. So, I mean, I, maybe I, that may be misremembered in my mind, but I want to say it was that big of a number. And when you go watch his highlights uh, against G league ignite, it sure looks like it. And he's doing it in France again. So my prediction is the Spurs are bottom of the league, bottom three of the league and, and have the bottom three draft odds, you know, those highest draft odds that they can get. Um, that that's the goal for the Spurs this year. And, and the other main thing that I think is the key for the Spurs when looking at this season overall, it, it kind of has to do with my shirt a little bit here. Devin Vassell, it's evaluating the young guys. That's what I wrote down in my notes for the outline for this video is evaluating the young guys verbatim is what I said. Evaluating the young guys is my key for the season. And three key guys that I wrote down, obviously there's a lot of young guys on this team that are going to be key to the future. But when it comes to just evaluation this season, I think the three guys that the Spurs really want to focus on are the man I mentioned on my shirt, Devin Vassell, uh, Keldon Johnson, and then Josh Primo. Josh Primo played really strong to end the preseason, had a 23-point performance, I believe, against the Thunder earlier this week uh, to finish it off. He was beating dudes off the dribble. The way, the way his handle, I can't really show it uh, just on my camera here, my webcam, but like he was letting balls go out like really far whenever it comes to his dribble. Like, beforehand you know he would keep it a little bit tighter a lot of guys do that you know um 
I think we, me, me and Ethan maybe even touched on it on the last SSPN Live where we were kind of comparing him to Devin Booker a little bit, but it seems like dribbling-wise, just handles-wise, you know, that might be an even higher ceiling um, than at least that comparison. And this is not me saying he's going to be Devin Booker, but just the fact that he came in as an 18-year-old, was an off-ball shooter on a really good SEC team. Um, you know, Devin was on Kentucky. Josh Primo was on Alabama with a lot of, uh, you know, veterans on that team like Herb Jones, you know, who were already main contributors and scorers. Um, not necessarily Herb Jones was that scorer, but you'll get what I'm saying. Um, and and so kind of came from those similar backgrounds. And, you know, th- it was always kind of like a potential pick, like what can be this guy's ceiling? And we saw how it turned out with Devin Booker and the Spurs are hoping it works out the same way with Josh Primo or at least developing into, you know, a, a a Jordan Clarkson type player. I know that sounds not very good for the 11th overall pick or wherever we picked Primo, but what I guess I'm getting at is, you know, his floor is, you know, at least, you know, just a future six man who can get buckets off the dribble and is, you know, plays really hard defense and and has a solid frame. Um, But I think, you know, at least in those last two preseason games, just preseason, um, it really feels like Primo's development, um, you got to see a little bit more of it. Will that translate over to the regular season? You know, that will remain to be seen, but we saw uh, some little shots of potential there from Primo of what he could potentially be and the potential improvements, like major leaps uh, that he made, you know, over the off season grinding uh, just like everybody else's. So, you know, if he can keep making those moves off the dribble, beating people off the dribble, putting people on skates, uh, pulling up in people's faces, I mean, there was some stuff that looked really good in those preseason games. Just preseason games, that's that's a big asterisk. And it was against the Jazz, or it was either the Jazz or the Thunder. And those are like, those are the teams competing for the bottom of the West with us. So, you know, th- there are some key things to keep in mind there. But Primo, man, if he can really develop it, like those were the things that it was like, okay, when he re- was making those type of plays, if you go watch his highlights, and like I said, putting people on skates, you know, playing solid defense, can still clean up the playmaking like we saw in Austin last year. This is a long primo rant. I didn't realize how long this was going to go. Um, but you could kind of see where Brian Wright was coming from. Like it, it, There were some things that he did that were special. It, it really looks like it. And and so you know, it's, it's hard to call anything special, like I said, in those circumstances. But the way that he looked... It's like I can see the vision a little bit now with with Brian Wright. So the other two guys that are going to be key for this season are Devin Bassell, the man on my shirt. Um, you know, if you look at preseason, uh, you really kind of saw him struggle before KJ got back in. And then when KJ got back in, then the struggle wasn't as much because he was able to be off ball, more in rhythm, take wide open shots. Um, but still, you know, he's developed some things driving inside, then doing a jumper on the elbow, you know, off one leg, create separation. What's up, guys? Sorry for the little bit of the change up there. My power actually went out right when I was recording. So going back to Devin, what we were talking about, right? Talked about that little jumper he hits off his left leg where he's able to create separation from guys. And I was about to get into, I saw some dude on Twitter and he was like, Devin may only be 6'5", but his wingspan and the way that he shoots uh, and his sh- the way that his shots set up just allows him to, you know, basically, you know, it makes him feel like he's 6'8". And I was like, man... SSPN been saying that. 
not. Anyways, uh, enough of that banter, though. Getting on to some of the other guys on the team. Um, obviously, Keldon's the other you know main guy, like I said. So Devin Vassell, Josh Primo, Keldon Johnson, those are really like the guys to evaluate when it comes to this season. KJ, the main thing for him is going to be switching to that 3-2 role. Um, obviously, he played that much more coming into the league, you know, in high school and at Kentucky. Um, and although he's, you know, uh, it feels like on the Spurs team, a seasoned vet obviously isn't, but still on the Spurs team, it feels like it, um, you know, playing the four and even sometimes the small ball five over the past two seasons, you know, I, I, there's just going to be some things that I think he learns and that he'll have to adjust to uh, in that three, two role. And, and I think kind of Ethan hit on it um, when he was talking about his ball handling. I think that would be, where the biggest issues uh, come into play. He may look great against the Jazz and the Thunder in the preseason, um, but when he starts playing some elite or just, you know, real solid perimeter defenders, you know, I think there will be an adjustment period for him. I don't think it's going to take long. I think he's going to, you know, smash through it. Uh, You know, it'll take a little bit. There will be some struggles, but once he breaks through, um, I don't think it'll be that much of an issue anymore. I think Kelvin's a future all-star. I love the contract we gave him. Um, and I'm just excited to see what he does as a team leader this season. Talking about the rookies, um, it's going to be very interesting just if they get minutes. I think that's the biggest question. Ethan talked about, you know, Sohan really getting that opportunity and uh, that kind of being a storyline and, and a potential thing to happen. I agree with that um, just because the backcourt is so log jammed. Um, I just think that he's going to be the guy to get minutes uh, when it comes to that rookie class. And that all kind of stems back to what Pop said uh, at preseason media days, just talking about how, you know, these guys may get minutes earlier than they expect. So that's something that's also, you know, key to watch is also just watching them in Austin, see how they do. Um, but, you know, a lot of this is also going to depend on the fact uh, on if the Spurs trade, you know, some of their key pieces like like a Jay Rich and a Doug McDermott, because if that happens, maybe you've got minute for Blake or excuse me, minutes uh, for Blake Wesley or a Malachi Branham uh, or Branham, however you want to pronounce it. So I think that's another key thing. If you, that kind of three-man group, another three-man group. We got Devin, KJ, and Primo to kind of be, you know, the, the leaders on the team. And, and um, you know, so young, it, it, it's kind of weird giving them that label. Um, but, you know, they're the three to kind of evaluate and watch this season. I think the other three to keep an eye on whenever it comes to moves are Jakob Pertl, Doug McDermott, and, and Josh Richardson, the vets, right? Those guys could help out any team that they're on, especially the way we're playing Doug now. I think it fits his skill set better. I think it showcases how his skill set could fit on a contending team better. Um, you know, Jay Rich is Jay Rich. He He's going to be great. Um, and Jakob is quietly one of the better defend, uh, defensive centers in the league. Um, and, and another versatile player as well could help out any championship contender. Um, but, you know, if you guys go read my sub stack on the Spurs, I wrote a couple uh, or excuse me, just last week. You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Spurs ended up giving Jakob a, a cheap four year, year deal, too. So you never know. But if those guys get moved, that could open up some minutes uh, for some of the rookies. And just as another final thought kind of on this season and on this roster, uh, just two players to watch. So first, Trey Jones, because I feel like there's an outside ch- chance like. Trey Jones could really break out this year. And I know that doesn't seem like that, like, oh, it's not that much of an outside chance, like he's the starter. But the thing is, 
I don't think Spurs fans are expecting that much of him, and I don't think the rest of the league is either. I think, one, his jump shot being improved is going to help a lot. Obviously, we'll have to see that proven in the season, but I really believe that that it is much better just with the way it looks, the way it goes through the basket, the rotation on the ball. Um, I'm not saying he's going to be a sniper, but I'm saying that he's not going to be uh, the same Trey Jones as before and will take a lot more threes and you know can maybe hover around that 30 to 33 percent mark um, just to keep defenses honest um, and you know just really turn it into more of a Tyus Jones type player I know that's so crazy because it's his older brother but like that's kind of what you want Trey Jones to be um, and he's somebody who you know any team would like to have just the way that he at worst, I mean, he can set up your offense and play really solid defense. And if, you know, he can get some of those floaters going, I've seen him beat people off the dribble and get that jump shot going from deep. Um, Trey Jones is going to be a player, man. Um, not going to change the Spurs uh, you know, my prediction of the Spurs being at the bottom three of the league. Um, but I still think that he could be somebody that, you know, maybe his contract, you know, would be a little bit more expensive next offseason. Than, than some of us may be expecting, depending on the year he has. And then the second guy, and this will mainly be in Austin, uh, is Dom Barlow. I think he's somebody that could really be a part of the Spurs' future. Um, I know that sounds crazy right now, and maybe I'll be proven wrong and to look like a crazy person, but I don't think that he's a Devontae Kaycock two-way. I think that he is a, hey, we really liked what you saw. we saw from you at Overtime Elite, and that league's just starting Let's get you in the G League for a season with some NBA experience here and there and then get you a part, you know, of us moving forward. And that's not me saying Don Barlow is going to start or anything, but that's me saying that maybe next season, Don Barlow, if things go well in Austin this year um, and some of the stuff that we saw in garbage time preseason, you know, that's that's key. You know, that could not translate. Um, but if that versatility uh, playing the four and the five, being able to stretch the floor, um, you know, being able to guard on the perimeter and in on the interior and be able to switch kind of seamlessly, just seamlessly, excuse me, just like Jeremy Sohan. Um, you know, it's going to be very interesting to see how Don Barlow progresses because I feel like his ceiling might be higher than even me and Ethan may have thought coming out of summer league. Um, so really like that pickup, excited to see what he does in Austin and the minutes he gets in the NBA if he does this year because. The little spurts that we've seen from him, it seems like there's been a lot of progression from Summer League. So if that can continue, you know, maybe if things go dire for the Spurs, I mean, it's not really dire. You're still going to get a star player in the draft. But maybe if you don't get a Scoot or a uh, Victor Wembanyama, you can pair up old Dom Barlow with his old teammate from overtime elite, Eamon Thompson, or a Sir Thompson, or Osar. I don't even know how to say it. But Eamon Thompson's kind of the, the big prize, not to... Not to throw any shade to his brother, but y'all get what I'm saying. We could have an overtime elite, elite team in San Antonio. Anyways, <laughs> we'll have to see. Thank you guys for watching. Uh, be sure to tune in to our live stream after uh, the Spurs season opener against the Hornets. Excuse me. Be sure to follow me and Ethan on Twitter. And don't forget to also follow at SSPN on YT on Twitter to watch the show on Twitter. Um, we do live streams on there recently. And don't forget to like and subscribe if you like the content. That's all we ask. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. Leave a comment. Come hang out with us uh, on our opening stream on Wednesday. And we'll be here all season. We're going to start to make maybe some more content like this here and there uh, outside of the lives 
covering different topics, stuff like that. But we appreciate y'all. It's going to be an interesting year for the Spurs, but we should learn a lot about our young guys and hopefully see a lot of development on our way to getting Victor Wembanyama. I didn't even say his name right. I just cursed the Spurs. I'll catch y'all later.